0: I'm excited for you to hear today's episode. Let's get into the show. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kate, the founder of Strong Body Green Planet. Kate, how are you doing today?
1: Maxim, it's a pleasure to be here. I am um, doing great today.
0: Beautiful. We're like in the opposite sides of the world. Ultimately, I we love like, it. Like what, like 15 hours difference or something like that?
1: yeah i am in the future it is yeah i'm a, a day ahead of you and i love the way technology lets us do this
0: beautiful just tell me what the lotto lotto tickets are because you're ahead of me for one day
1: <laughs> i don't do lotto so i can't help you out
0: <laughs> me neither but it would be great if that's how it, it actually yeah awesome <laughs> so you know you're you're uh you're a renowned coach you've helped thousands of people transform. I'd like to dive into like your own personal journey before we go into like practical things that you've helped your members go through, how you coach them, how to overcome obstacles that, that they tend to encounter on their journey, just because I want people to understand where you're coming from, right? And I typically people that have a heart for helping others have had something happen to them that led them to be in this position.
1: Gosh, you're so right. Um, I don't know whether to start with the vegan or the fitness. I'll start with the fitness and then maybe we'll backtrack. But I resonate with what you said because I got into fitness first as a way to transform my own body and my own confidence. I was a debilitatingly shy teenager. And then, you know, I discovered the gym and um, I discovered the, the control over your body, the way it looked and felt. That that gave you, it would be a, a further um, decade or or so before I actually became a personal trainer. Um, but then I guess on the the vegan side of the journey I actually became vegetarian first like mm-hmm. so many of us um sadly I I started with vegetarian and and stuck there for 23 years I became vegetarian wow. it I know I'm I'm so disappointed in myself I know lots of people relate but i became vegetarian at 16 because i didn't want anyone to die for my food choices and now i understand that was an oxymoron you know fast track 23 years and at that stage i'd been a personal trainer for a decade um i was following a a low carb high protein vegetarian diet i was super happy with how my body looked and functioned and i watched cowspiracy and Mm. i found out that i'd been lied to we've all been lied to animals were still dying for my food choices you know i was eating up to 21 egg whites a day and they were free range organic but that's just marketing and so um you know at, at that stage i guess seven and a half years ago now that was when i adopted the vegan lifestyle
0: oh beautiful yeah talk about egg whites i (laughs) <laughs> when I was bodybuilding, I used to drink my egg whites because it would just like take too long to cook all of them in, in yep. one sitting. Yeah. The, and, the things and we how... did to get to get fit, you know, air quotes to get fit.
1: A hundred percent. And how did we not get sick all the time? Because we were having raw egg whites as well. Um, yeah. and those poor individuals were living in horrific conditions. And I was feeding them up into egg white meringue, which was still raw and having that with protein powder and it was protein on protein. Cause I was still scared, scared of carbs at that stage and scared of fat. So I was basically just pretty scared, I guess. But, um, as you hinted at, you know, I, I, many of us looked okay on the outside, but on the inside, it probably wasn't so good.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't know if I wanted to share this, but. To me i think it's messed up looking back i used to put chicken pieces and vegetable inside the omelet that's like putting daddy inside the baby basically and like cooking it it's gross
1: in hindsight it is repulsive however sadly it's pretty normal especially within the fitness industry
0: yes yeah so talking about like you you got into fitness because you were more shy so that kind of helped you build some confidence
1: It absolutely did. Like it was just, I guess it was something that you can really take control of. And that is one of the things I still love about fitness and, and something that has kept me in the industry for so many years. It's not necessarily what you're born with. It's not about how much money you have or how connected you are. The people that get results with fitness are the people that, put in the effort they can't buy the effort you know they can buy the personal trainer they can buy the flashy gym and and flashy clothes and all of that but to get the results you actually have to put in that effort consistently and um I do consistently well and and you see the results for that and I love seeing I love my clients seeing the results for that as well
0: Beautiful. And so was there any changes in your body when you went from vegetarian to vegan? Because obviously you were vegetarian for a very long time. And that probably cleansed your body from a lot of the things you were doing before. But did you see any shift between that transition?
1: I will say I was terrified. Um, I was in a very bro, gym bro type of a gym at that stage. And I was already the freak for being vegetarian. They were very much into their steak and eggs and all of that. And when yeah. I rocked into the gym one day after seeing Cowspiracy and announced that I was now going vegan, and I remember one of the trainers that is very sciencey and I do respect kind of going, well, goodbye, lean muscle mass. and. You know, he was wrong, obviously, thankfully, yeah. but I was really scared because I thought I would gain fat. I thought I would lose strength, lose muscle, lose energy. Most of all, I thought I would lose food, deliciousness and food mm. joy. And actually I didn't lose anything. Um, my strength increased a little bit, but I was already in a pretty good place. Um, so my body composition basically stayed the same. And the main thing as I'm sure so many people will relate to is the weight that was lifted was an emotional weight of incongruency. So the incongruency I felt, even though I was ignorant to the suffering, I was still causing as a vegetarian, there was still like a weight there, whether it was a weight of unknowing, whatever it was, I just felt congruent when I made that shift.
0: Yeah. And so not seeing, I say, put it this way, not seeing being changes is a good thing also, right? Because a lot of people are looking for that difference between a transition. And a lot of the times we're comparing like going from a meat eater to eating vegan, but in the specific world of uh, fitness and building lean muscle mass, no changes is a great thing because then Mm you've just proved to yourself that you can maintain your lean muscle mass and build some even without consuming 21 eggs per day.
1: One hundred percent. And I will say I made it as hard on myself as possible early days because I had a point to prove. So I, I stuck. I clung to that low carb, high protein, vegan for quite a while. Actually, I didn't have lentils for probably the first year. Oh my gosh, Dr. (laughs) Gregor, I'm so sorry. Now I love lentils. All the
0: doctors are upset. (laughs) A
1: hundred percent. So I, and I also tried to, I was like, I did my research. I tried to have all the micronutrients in every single meal, all the micronutrients that we had, have to be aware of. So I was putting spirulina in everything. I was, I was doing too much work, really. But bit by bit, gradually, I kind of released that need to be perfect in every meal. And a lot of that came with the research that I did. Like I looked what other vegans um, were doing online. I looked how they ate. I saw they had plenty of whole food food carbs. I saw they had plenty of soy and I just started bit by bit changing the way that I ate to be a much more balanced, um, whole food vegan approach.
0: Yeah. So was that, was that tr- transition hard for you to go from like, cause again, I've been in the fitness space for a long time too, from going from low carb yeah. to high carb, there's a lot of fear for a lot of people.
1: There was fear, I guess it was gradual. Um, and, your body knows what's good for it. Like really who, I mean, I feel guilty that I perpetuated that myth that like bananas and potatoes are going to make you fat. Like that is just ridiculous. I have shame over that. And then you eat these foods and your body feels amazing and they taste delicious and, it means you're eating all these micronutrient-dense, amazing quality foods. And surprisingly, you're not craving that low-carb crapola processed stuff that I used to demolish as a, as a vegetarian, you know, all the fake protein bars and all of that jazz that I used to love and crave. Yeah. You're just eating those whole foods and there definitely was fear, but bit by bit, I guess my body proved to me that, that these foods are great, not bad.
0: Yeah, and so did did that continue on on your path for fitness? Like, you have still been able to see amazing results from transitioning to eating vegan and eating whole food plant based and in eating high carb?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, like I've gotten a lot older now. I'm not like in my early twenties like I used to be. I'm I'm forty six, and it's still. Much easier than I would have expected to maintain the, the weight and the fitness and the energy levels and absolutely the deliciousness. I will say um, one thing to be aware of is we have so many amazing options now so far as the the vegan junk food. And yeah. obviously I do indulge in that from, from time to time still. And it can be good as a great as a transitional food. But um, that is something to be aware of.
0: Yeah, totally. And again, there's nothing wrong with a vegan ice cream from time to time. I'm hopefully plant based too, but there's a reality of the world that we live in. And you know, yeah. when you know Hack and dies or Ben and Jerry makes a vegan ice cream, sometimes you just want a little bit of it, and that's okay. For sure. Yeah. So let's talk about transformation. So, how many people have you coached? That is a pretty big number.
1: So I've been a personal trainer for 17 years now, so all up, it's got to be thousands when we talk about not just the one-on-one type stuff, but everything else. And I guess the people that listen to the podcast and are on the email list and all of that sort of jazz. However, for the past, I guess the past almost a decade, I've barely been taking on new clients. I've got clients that have been with me that whole 17 years, which is wow. amazing. Um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. Um, and, and so each week, it's not a large number now, but it's a very loyal, l- long-term number of clients.
0: Yeah, they're friends basically at that point. Oh, they are yeah.
1: absolutely friends. They're a combination of friends that I love to hang out with. And some of them I do hang out with. Or amazing business mentors that I can't even believe I get to spend one on one time every week with, let alone they pay me for that time and let alone because most of my clients aren't vegan because they've been with me for so long. Let alone these hugely influential people are listening to this like sometimes crazy, passionate little vegan animal rights activist in their ear, like planting these little vegan seeds. It's, It's an amazing opportunity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How did they find it um, challenging to hang out with you as their coach? Cause they're like, I want to have a beer and some cake tonight. And they're like, ah, Kate's there. (laughs) We can't have this.
1: It's funny, one of my best friends who I met when I first became her personal trainer, maybe about 15 years ago now, we used to have this exact conversation because her goal was weight loss. And, you know, I, I would know how she would eat on the weekends when she was hanging out with me. And she's good at the tough love and, and putting me in my place when I get a little bit too extreme. And I remember one soft day, Sunday afternoon when I was about the vodka soda and she was about the beer and hot chips. And i um, must have said too much and she said babe right now you're my friend not my personal trainer and yeah. um and I guess you've you've got to learn your place in that regard and and yet equally be able to say to her when you're back in the gym Hun, if you're not getting the results that that you want as fast as you want there are some changes that we need to make
0: yes yeah definitely uh I saw that when I hung out with a few of our members it's like we're eating out somewhere There's like I should make the healthy option i should choose the healthy option on the menu because maxim's there um, do, you,
1: do you know too i i guess on the other side of that it is so beneficial for them to spend a day with you like many of my clients have because they actually see how much you eat the quantity and quality Mm -hmm. and you're not starving yourself they always get surprised by how much i eat but they also see that the unplanned little worthless nothing low nutrient value food that you don't want you say no to whether it seems rude or not you eat a lot but most of it is planned and most of it is high value
0: yeah absolutely so jumping into the people that that you've coached i feel like there is You've been at it for uh, over a decade now, so I'm sure there's patterns pattern that you've seen that people tend to encounter when they're wanting to transform their body. Yeah. What are some of the main patterns that you've noticed in people?
1: Um, so far as struggle streets, I guess one of the things that I reflect on is people assume they have a lack of discipline so many times my clients will say to me, oh my goodness, you're the most disciplined person I've met. And my reframe is actually, I have low discipline. I've just outplanned my lack of discipline and that's yeah. what you need to do. So, and it, it, it's not kind of a one size fits all, it's more so a hundred little mind games or, or strategies that you set up for yourself in advance. And the thing I see that keeps, I guess, so many people struggling with their fitness goal is they assume they're going to be more disciplined in the future than what they've been in the past and they keep setting themselves up for the same failure or disappointment so whether it's letting food into the house that isn't aligned with their goals and they assume they'll be able to steer clear of it until they have guests over on the weekend or whatever it may be or a
0: glass Um, of wine that kind of like brings down the barrier a little bit Yeah,
1: All of it, all of it. It's like none of us have discipline. Those of us that have great results probably have the least discipline. And we just set up amazing like barriers um, for us to stick to, to actually make it easier on ourselves to succeed.
0: Absolutely. I'm happy you brought that up because not a lot of people talk about that. And it's true that there is this perceived expectation that Once they commit to transforming, that somehow magically an unlimited amount of discipline will show up out of nowhere to keep them on track.
1: 100%. And it's amazing how, like, How disciplined you can be in those first couple of weeks where you've made some big changes and you're seeing great results but where it really counts is when you're going through that period of not seeing results to be able to stick with everything stick with the habits stick with the discipline not fall off track that's where it it really counts
0: yeah absolutely and i feel like it's those stressors from life that they can they can, for a month or two, kind of push those additional responsibilities that they have to just focus on Mm. this one thing. But eventually it starts to leak back in and then it becomes too much. And then they feel overwhelmed and then they start to become non-compliant, right? It's like, I don't know if it's a great analogy for it, but it's like holding your breath, right? You can only do it for a certain amount of time before you pass out, right? So that's what people do in their transformation. go, I'm just going to power through this. And eventually you got to breathe. You need to have a, a more sustainable way to do this than to You want to hold in your breath by sucking in your stomach if you want to get skinnier, right? You can only do this for so long before people realize and you pass out.
1: 100%. And really, it's amazing that really smart, successful people it takes them a long time to realize some of them that you only get to keep the results for as long as you get to keep doing the action. So if you go hell for leather for however long and get a great result and then stop completely, those great results are going to fade away as well. Um, And yeah, yeah, so fast too. So fast. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You take, take one, you get two weeks off. If you've been working out for, you know, two decades, you take two weeks off. You're going to get smaller. You're going to get fluffier. You're going to get a little bit chunkier. Yeah. Agreed.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's a great pattern. Do you have any other patterns that you notice amongst the people you've coached?
1: I do for sure. Um, The people I coach tend to be like well-educated and and well-read. And there's such an abundance of information out there. And it can be really confusing and it's intentionally confusing. And they will so often come to me with like some latest study or data or whatever it may be that supports keto or butter's back or whatever it is. And I find that really frustrating. And I guess at heart, look, we're looking for research to support our our bad habits, right? If we have bad habits that we want to keep, for me, it's red wine. Yeah. Hey,
0: Kate, you missed this study. This study says I can drink wine.
1: (laughs) One hundred percent. And so far as plant based and fitness and everything like that, of course, there's there's so much research to back up um, the fact that a whole food plant based is such a sustainable, healthy way to live. However, there's there is other conflicting evidence out there if you want to work really hard to find it. And that's where I always come back to the ethics of it. I think those of us that are vegan for the animals, we really do have a big advantage because that is non-negotiable. It doesn't matter what study comes out about like how bad beans are for your health or how good cow's milk is for your health. I'm just not going to be swayed when I've seen what we do to animals. Um, So sadly, you can't introduce that to your clients at the wrong time. Um, People will take on that information when they're ready to hear it and you can't shove it down their throats as much as I've tried. It's just not effective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say as well, from my experience, a lot of people might adopt the lifestyle for their health or for environmental sustainability. And once those animal products aren't on their plate three times or more a day, something strange and beautiful happens. Their heart opens to the plight of animals once they're not eating them so many times a day. I think their head and heart are blocked to that pain and suffering while they're a part of it. And once the animals come off their plates, they're more receptive to learn about what's happening. And once yeah. they learn about what's happening, it makes it easier, obviously, for them to steer clear of those products.
0: Yeah, absolutely, right? It's it's looking the other way, ultimately. Yeah, ignorance right? with
1: volition as well. I Like, yeah.
0: Right, it's, uh, yeah, it is. You can show them the videos and if they yeah. actually remove the wall that's in their mind and they actually feel the emotions behind it, everyone will be touched, right? And, and I always mm-hmm. like to tell people, if you're so pro-meat, like here's a knife, go kill a cow, skin it, yeah. you prepare it. 99% yep. of people couldn't do that.
1: Of course. Right? Because yeah. they
0: just, you can't look at the animal and do that, right? Ultimately. Yeah. And so it's easier to look the other way, grab something in the grocery store that's packaged and then eat it and then justify it to yourself 100%. until you're kind of ready to be to open to it. Because yeah, there is like a, a negative energy that is lifted off of you. Once you Mm -hmm. stop consuming that negative energy.
1: Yeah. It's so true. 100%. Yeah.
0: So going back to your, to your point before we talked about the, the animals, um, I think like the expectations that people have when they start is a thing that can throw them off quite rapidly. Have you, have you noticed that of like, Hey Kate, I'm gonna come in with you and lose 20 pounds in one month, for example, 100%
1: I mean it's on us really to um, ensure that our clients have realistic expectations, because we've seen so many people we've seen who succeeds and and who doesn't and i'm also a huge fan on enjoying the journey as as well as that end goal, and I have to I. I'm great at this so far as health and fitness. I need to get better at this in other areas of my life. So it's always a a constant learning for me as well. However, it's not just about the number that you see on the scale and whether that's disappointing or not. It's about the energy you have and the lifestyle you're modeling to those around you that you love, the better sleep, the better mental acuity, all of these things um and i would agree it's it's super important to, important to manage expectations i think too something else that i want to say going back to early days with any new clients something i really super recommend is eliciting their values and their beliefs and aligning those values and beliefs with the attainment of their goals so i guess to mm. give a little bit bit more um, clarification there. Imagine my, my two most important values are freedom and integrity. So for me, like freedom could be in a really ineffective way, freedom could be all about getting to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, and that is freedom. Or more effectively, freedom could be about having the health and fitness and energy and Body confidence to do whatever I want whenever I want and and feel happy and full of energy doing it. Integrity is is really, really easy for someone looking to adopt a, a plant-based lifestyle because that ties in with the ethics of it. You know, if I if I say I'm a compassionate person who doesn't want animals to suffer unnecessarily then I really have no choice I'm not going to eat those products or even if you don't care about the animals and you just have a body composition goal you know if it really is important to you because you want to model that health and energy and vitality to your children say um it it you are only a person of integrity when you are doing that
0: yeah absolutely Sorry, I just had to put my glasses on. The blue light was like burning my eyes from being at it on it all day. I was like, my eyes are watering. I need to, I need Good to on do you. something. Fair enough. Like, I'm, Rock gonna, those I'm gonna glasses. cry. I'm gonna cry as you're talking. Um, <laughs> so I, I would love to talk about you know the, the study aspect, right? Like the kind of like your clients coming in with like, hey, there's this new study. I feel like there's something that people will make a decision, like a, a semi-decision to start the transformational journey. But then they didn't make the decision to cut off the old habits, the old way of being, because then that's when they're looking for ways to justify their bad behaviors. Like, hey, maybe it's actually not that bad if we look at this study or they're still in the process with you, but they're looking around for another shiny object somewhere like, ah, this might be better than what I'm currently doing. Did you ever notice any of that?
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And that means that they slash I, we haven't jumped in deep enough with the emotional intensity behind the why to achieve that goal. And maybe we haven't jumped in with the values and beliefs. So they're just saying, hey, I want to do this plant based thing to lose some weight or whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, great. This is what we do. Um, this is what you eat. This is what we do in the gym. And it's not enough. We haven't dug in. When it gets a little bit tedious, they have a bad vegan meal, as we all will, and we all had bad meat meals as well, or they see an attractive, well-marketed study that says bacon and eggs is it. Um, They don't, you know, they're like, all right, good, let's bounce to this. What do you reckon, Coach Kate? Um, Because we haven't done, we haven't laid the foundation for their future success. We haven't really dug deep into the, pain that the way they are feeling right now before they start into the intensity of that pain and how bad it's going to look 12 months down the track, 24 months down the track, five years down the track, and we haven't really dug into the the pleasure of how their life could and will look when they have achieved that goal, we haven't aligned it with their values and beliefs. People just want to get going straight away with the actions and the actions yeah. are fun and easy. And as a coach, you can go, yeah, I've got you, I've got, I've got, the delicious meals. I've got the amazing training plans, but it takes, I guess, some discipline and some patience to go, Hey, let's just do this foundational stuff first though, because even if you don't feel like you need it right now, um, yeah. I know you're going to need it to fall back on down the track and it's going to be worth the time and effort.
0: Yeah. And it's, I think it's very important, the work that you're doing to kind of set those people up. Cause if not, it's just like, um, you're like jumped off a cliff when you're with friends in the summer, right? You're like, "Ah, I don't want to do it. I just need to like close my eyes and do it. You just have your little screw it moment and then you jump. And I feel like some people will be like, I need to do this, but I'm kind of like still wary. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like stick to it, but like, screw it. Let's just do it. And they just jump into it and they want to go as fast as possible so that it can be over. And then yes, they miss some of those foundational things, right? Which I think is really important that you're doing that.
1: It's so true. And also when your heart is so aligned with a vegan world, like that is what I want. I want a healthy, happy, compassionate vegan world. I am in it for the long run and for the animals. And so I take it personally and I get like really frustrated when someone has a bad experience of a vegan lifestyle and maybe they, they think this is not something that works for them. I want it to work for everyone. I want them yeah. to do it bright and sustainable and sustainably and get an amazing result. And I don't want that bad feedback on the lifestyle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say are, let's go to two, top trades that you've noticed in your members that are the most successful. And it can't be compliance.
1: It can't be compliance. Um, (laughs) Definitely, I would say personal responsibility. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're not blaming circumstances or people around them. Mm -hmm. Um, I am lucky enough to have a couple of clients that that model the opposite of that. You know, like um, I I think the anti-mentor is also almost as valuable as the mentor. So if I look at my clients that aren't getting results, they are always blaming other people and they're not taking personal responsibility. And the reverse is obviously true as well. The clients that I most love spending the time with, strangely, they're the clients that train at like 6 a.m. And they're the the clients that take 100% ownership, accountability, responsibility for their results. Um, And obviously they implement, but more so they have the mindset of, you know, always looking um, for the best in any negative situation. And it's just, it's a true pleasure to time, to spend time with those people.
0: Yeah, so we have ownership. I wanna dive after into like how to get those. What would, what would you say is a second trait that some of your top members have?
1: Oh, what would be my second trait? I'm looking through individuals right now. Well, this is really boring, but this is the trait that anyone that gets results has, and it is consistency so Mm -hmm. rather than that short-term silver bullet kind of a focus where they bounce from program to program trainer to trainer whatever it may be consistency is the thing that um, people that get results have and that includes lateral thinking um so they're not just you know, focused on that big vision in the future, they're really good at finding the the kind of sideways alternative, the thing to do instead when life jumps in their way. You know, when it's raining and they're due to go for a walk, these are the people that think, all right, I'll do the home workout or I'll go for a walk tomorrow or even better, I'll just put on a raincoat and umbrella and go out in the rain and have that walk. So they're, they're really good at finding the alternatives um, to still get the result when things jump in their way.
0: So it'd be a, they, they're adaptable to the circumstances. Yeah, adaptable is
1: a great way of putting it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, so ownership and adaptability would be some of the two biggest traits. So how can people have more ownership? How do you kind of help or coach people to have a little bit more ownership in, in their life?
1: I would say the most important thing it's the same with any type of habit change first you have to have a really clear awareness. Of what the way it is right now, like what that is costing you, you know, as I was saying to a client yesterday, you know how's this current strategy working for you and he's like yeah. It's not. We were talking about his automatic negative thoughts, you know, his mm-hmm. negative focus all of the time. And he's like, how do I change it? And I said, well, you know, the first step is the awareness of what the way that you are, the how the way in, you are in the world right now, what is that What is that costing you? You know, it, it's costing you a lot so far as joy and results and, and everything else. I think yeah. after awareness is you brainstorm ways to make it better. And for some people, this might be things that they've done effectively in the past. You know, many of us, we've had habits that have worked really well for us and we've seen Mm. the benefit to them. And then for one reason or another, we've let those habits slip. We've stopped them and it's time to jump back to them. For other people, it may be looking at the people around you that have the results that you want and really analyzing what they do and and thinking how can i model what they do their strategies what they prioritize what they do make time for what they don't make time for how they think um really look at that um i think So we had, it happened to be an ABC, we had awareness, we had brainstorm what you can start doing and what you can stop doing. And then I would also say, make a commitment, make a commitment to make those changes. Maybe obviously share that commitment with your friendly trainer, share it with your family and friends. You know, the people that love you most, share your Mm -hmm. goal with them ask them to call you on your crap when you're coming up with that automatic negative thought or when you're reaching for the chocolate in the evening, whatever it may be, actually give your loved one the permission to call you on that crap kindly with your yeah. best interests at heart.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I'd love to add something to the power of ownership, which you shared earlier. It's I feel like it's disempowering for people mm. to blame other people because for then sure. you're just fully admitting that I don't have any control over myself or my life because of this person, because of this circumstances. You're just willingly giving that power away yep. versus taking ownership of like, I could have done this differently, which ultimately ties into the second trait you mentioned, which is adaptability, right? It's yep. Being able to adapt to like, this didn't work out. Here's how I can pivot to take ownership and ultimately be adaptable to the next step. So let's jump into adaptability. How can people have more adaptability? And I'll add a twist to it. I think for some people, it's a lack of knowledge of like, I don't know how to do another version of this exercise because the machine was busy at the gym or I was supposed to train at the gym, but now I'm stuck at home and I don't know how to do this exercise at home
1: yeah cool um well this is new for me i don't know whether i've gone more into how people can have more adaptability however i'll brainstorm it with you right now i guess beautiful you know as as their trainer we can give them options like often i will talk through um like a struggle that a client is is having whether it be food related usually it's food related so a time that they've slipped up and they're at a loss and they're giving themselves guilt. And I might just suggest say, so how about if next time that this happens, because it will happen another time, that you potentially do this instead. And you read their face, they're like, you're like, oh no, that doesn't really resonate. Well, okay, what do you think would be a better thing to do, a more effective thing to do next time? And probably you need to set yourself up for that in advance. you know, if you're not going to the chocolate after dinner next time, then you need to have that alternative that you are going for after dinner next time. And you need to have the chocolate out of the house as well, um, to make it easier on yourself. So I think you're asking them, you know, what could I do next time you're providing alternatives for them Mm -hmm. as well. Potentially, you're asking them about the individuals in their life that are doing really well at that thing that they're struggling with because sadly sometimes they're trainer sometimes you're this like even though i I look like the everyday person and i am the everyday person sometimes they think you're this like incredibly disciplined creature that they just can't relate to and so maybe they're so i do this i keep my tahini in the freezer or i keep my nuts at work or far out, I keep this treat in the letterbox. I know that's crazy. Um, they're like, Oh, that's too extreme, Kate. So maybe you ask them about the individual that they can relate to that. It really is, um, a, a closer fit to them and their lifestyle. And you say, Hey, you know, do you know what they do in this scenario? Could you ask them?
0: Yeah. Modeling a proven concept for the people that have done what you want to do.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So I'd love to ask you, because obviously you have a a lot of knowledge in this space and you've been at it for a long time. What is the current mission that that you're on, that you're working on?
1: So the huge mission, obviously, that I hinted at before is that I I really want to be part of creating a a healthy, happy, vegan world. Like I am in it for that. Um, Like that is a huge idealistic, some might say delusional goal. That is what I want. What my, I guess, my current strategy to help us get there is both the Health Education podcast, which it was my huge pleasure to have you guest on. And like that is my heart. It's over 800 episodes. I speak to passionate and compassionate individuals, and I absolutely love it. And the latest, I guess, venture is the Plant Positive Journal so it's a it's a little vegan trojan horse i would say and that it's a a daily planner and journal that step by step helps you adopt a healthy plant-based lifestyle by mastering your time and your mind and i designed it to be this like stunning thing that would infiltrate non-vegan's lives just because it's pretty and very user friendly but bit by bit there's The vegan truth bombs and the delicious plant-based recipes and all the mindset hacks to help you adopt a plant-based lifestyle so my mission right now is is getting that little beauty out into the world it it weighs almost a kilo so shipping it from australia to internationally it's happening but um it's expensive um and yeah getting visibility for that is probably my biggest mission right now.
0: Oh, beautiful. Well, for all the people listening, I'm going to put the links down below for um, your your plan-based positive journal. I'll link the podcast as well, our episode that we had together, um, and the website so people can find out some more support you on there. Is there anywhere specifically you'd like to direct them besides the journal and the website?
1: The website's the best. It's just strongbodygreenplanet.com, and it links you up to everything that you might be interested in there.
0: Beautiful. So I always like to to end the podcast with words of wisdom. Is there any words of wisdom that you would like to share with listeners?
1: So Maxim, I imagine your audience are a whole bunch of super disciplined and dedicated individuals and whether they're working hard towards a specific body composition goal, or whether it's more about impacting the world so far as a healthy, happy, vegan world, something that I think we all need to remind ourselves is, it's not going to happen as fast as we might most love it to happen. And so the Mm. need for self compassion and self care is huge. It's something that I can get better at. And it's something that most vegans I've met can get better at. I thought it might resonate. And so I just think making the time in your every single day and your week for self-care, whatever that is for you, I think that is something hugely important to focus on because whatever you're working towards, you need to look after you first so that it can be sustainable and even enjoyable and fun.
0: Beautiful. Well, Kate, I really appreciate the words of wisdom. I really appreciate all the value that you've shared to the listeners. So everyone for listening and all her links will be down below. Check out the podcast, the website, and the journal. And Kate, thank you very much for jumping on the show.
1: Maxim, it was a massive pleasure. Thank you so much for everything that you do.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to support Please share it with others that would benefit from it. Share it on social media and be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Maxim underscore official and on YouTube at FitVegan. The links will also be in the show notes. I'll see you in the next episode.